0: I'm Andrew Gold, a fallen BBC journalist interviewing the heretics and rebels brave enough to speak out against mainstream narratives. Here's Coleman Hughes, John Ronson, and the Trigonometry podcast guys bringing controversy to the fore.
1: How'd you feel if a person of a different race moved in next door? I spent a while with a politically correct faction of the Ku Klux Klan. The system punishes people
0: for wrong think. It's heartbreaking. Here's My Unorthodox Life Netflix star Julia Hart on getting out of a Hasidic Jewish cult.
1: Why can't I be okay with being silent and subservient everyone else's?
0: I'm biologist Richard Dawkins on trans activism. It's perfectly legitimate to say I am a man, but I feel feminine, but to then say, therefore I am a woman. Is just a betrayal of language. Now it's your turn. Rebel against the mainstream and find a home in this sensible alternative space by subscribing to Heretics Podcast. We all enjoy a little mystery. Every other week, one strange thing presents forgotten stories from America's newspaper archives. They all have something in common, a single element that can't quite be explained. Join us on One Strange Thing, and you'll hear about a man who was literally stricken with genius. A 21st century child who remembered piloting a World War II bomber. A mysterious, unidentifiable blob in Texas. And then there was the lizard man stalking through small-town South Carolina. From cryptids and disappearances to modern-day miracles, One Strange Thing brings you stories that are very real and just a little otherworldly. Subscribe now, wherever you listen.
1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett
2: at first they thought it was nightmares but the daughter knows the difference between nightmares and what's not especially now that she's older and she would come running out of the bedroom extremely upset and terrified now does that make it anything but a nightmare could, it, could there be other explanations yes but repeatedly if this happens again and again she's starting to see that things are coming out that are very similar to what we've Seen as repeated patterns in the UFO abduction scenario.
0: If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive, commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. To subscribe, just go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today?
1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads.
0: This is something we talk about a lot, uh, uh, when we, when we talk about UFOs and we talk about various aspects of the UFO phenomena and one of them is the alien abduction phenomenon which is very harrowing and it's kind of a, a, I think one of the uglier, darker aspects of the UFO or ET phenomena and that is of course people who claim that they have been snatched from their beds and taken aboard some craft and probed and prodded and, and sometimes, uh, they're, they're left scarred for life emotionally. They're traumatized and who wouldn't be? uh those that remember it often under hypnosis and so forth but one of the the more chilling aspects of this is that although these claims are often made by adults sometimes young children young children report similar experiences uh, they report being abducted and these child reports often feature very specific details that have a lot in common with reports of abductions made by adults, including the circumstances, the narrative, the entities, the aftermaths of the alleged uh, occurrences. And these young abductees, as it turns out, often have family members who have also reported having uh, abduction experiences. Uh, they also include family involvement in the military or a residence near a military base. It's also common amongst child abduction claimants. And as I started to to, uh, to read about These child abduction cases, I thought it was high time that we delved into this subject specifically. So we're going to talk about cradle robbers, alien abductions of children. And to uh, help us along with this, two members of the New York Strange Phenomena Investigators, NYSPI, they're headquartered in Manhattan, the scientific research group dedicated to the systematic investigation of UFO sightings, UFO abduction reports, and related extraordinary occurrences. Again, two of their members, uh, Oliver Von Kamensky and Jed Turnbull, join me on the line from Manhattan. Oliver, Jed, how are you? Hello, there, thank, you. thank you for having me. Oliver, you are the, the, one of the founders of, uh, of NYSPI. Is that correct?
2: That is correct, yes. NYSPI has been around for approximately six or seven years. Uh, uh, all of its members well four of its key members were all members of uh, Bud Hopkins Intruder's Foundation and uh the late Bud Hopkins who recently passed away uh we basically organized arranged a new uh the night spy group uh, to, to carry on his work and his research uh and uh, fine pointed a little bit more uh towards the uh med- various different various different phenomena related uh to the abduction scenarios
0: and, Jed, you bring um, a very specialized skill set to this, this, uh, the study of this phenomenon. You're a, a licensed psychotherapist. How do you em- employ that skill with regards to the alien abduction phenomenon?
2: Well, that's a good question, Richard. Obviously, there are many adults that um, we now know that are claiming to be ab- uh, abducted by aliens. And what we've found in our research is that there's a very powerful intergenerational quality to the abduction phenomena. In other words, if it's happening to, for instance, an adult, it's very likely that it, their own parents have had some kind of an experience and, even more importantly and relevant to our conversations tonight, Richard, the children, their children uh, are more than likely having experiences as well. So, And that's my emphasis on that because, obviously, these can be very, very traumatic events.
0: How do you find out about these child abduction cases? I throw this question out to either of you.
2: Uh, Richard, this is Oliver. Uh, For years and years, I was manning the front lines of the Intruders Foundation, and we would get emails and letters and correspondences from all around the world, telephone calls, people telling us that uh, they were having their Missing time experiences and, you know, I would say the vast majority of these emails were, you know, emails that uh, we wouldn't respond to, uh, that we could automatically cull out. I would say, you know, maybe 5% of those had the earmarks of cases that we found reasonable and credible, met very staunch criteria of, uh, of credibility. And those are the ones that we started pursuing and carrying on the work of the Intruders Foundation through Knife Spy. And we continue getting letters from all around the world from parents that uh, fear that their children are experiencing the same types of things that they were experiencing as they were children, or that their parents had told them that they had experienced.
0: So it's 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 usually. Uh, a generational phenomena so you're you're being contacted by parents who are concerned that it's happening to their children as it happened to them
2: Yes that's correct Richard if I can chime in this is Jed uh parents parents uh are the primary people who will get a hold of us and and um, out, of, uh, out of fear not so much for themselves but certainly for their children in the sense that they feel so helpless, they cannot prevent this from happening. They cannot defend their children from these from these experiences, the experiences that they themselves have have gone through and suffered through. So, um, it's that sense of desperation, you know, and it kicks in all kinds of primal fears of child protection and uh, you know uh, those kind of things that um, you know come instinctively to us. And, we get we get a lot of that, but it's for, it's for the parents that we usually uh, find out about the children.
0: Are you allowed to interview the children?
2: Well, uh, that's a touchy matter uh, because anytime we work with children, uh, it can be it can be volatile. Uh, children inherently can be very defended about this, and that's that's not a bad thing because. Their defenses may make it into a playful thing. They may make this phenomenon into something that that they've been able to sort of deal with on a mental level, uh concomitant with their age group. But when you start like probing a little too much or uncovering a little a little more than they may be ready for, then the realities of what might be happening to to them can be very, very scary. And so it's a delicate issue and for the most part it's not a really good idea to to uh, you know go too far with children because of uh, all sorts of things for example, one case that I've worked with a parent parent of a nine year old girl came in and um, she had seen some images of aliens on television and it, it just brought back a bunch of memories that uh, uh, this child uh, 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 a bunch of fears that she was having all of a sudden in you know, a typical Typical, uh, symptoms of post-traumatic stress came in, like, yeaah, you know, sleeplessness, inability to eat, uh, lowering the grades at school, you know, uh, suffering from interpersonal issues with her friends. And so, it's, it's very, very delicate. Um, you, you, you have to probe, probe things very carefully with children, um And you have to do that at all times with the permission of the parent, you know, as a guiding force here, because the parent really is most responsible for what may be happening to their child. So it's a concerted effort, and I, I just very much caution about going too far with children, even though all signs seem according to the fact that what they say is happening to them, it happened.
0: Now, one of the things that I've read, and uh, Oliver and Jed, you can uh, confirm or deny or disabuse me of this, but that that with children, uh, because these abductions are happening in their, their formative years, uh, they tend to sort of absorb the experience, um, assimilate the experience, if you will, into their sort of developing worldview. So... Uh, just by virtue of being in that in that formative stage of development, so where it, 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 uh, whereas an adult, they might initially doubt their sanity or their veracity of what they they believe happened to them. Not so with the children. With children, they they know for certain that it happened to them. Is that correct?
2: Uh, I would say yes and no. Uh, largely, the letters that we get are, are we never get letters from children, but we always get letters and emails and phone calls from. Frightened, frightened parents who want to protect their children. And their, their children report nosebleeds, uh, monsters, froze. They're frozen, unable to move, floating up off the beds, you know, lying on a cold metal tables, being poked by needles. Very frightened, having seen little people with big, scary eyes coming through the walls and through the through through the ceilings. Sneaking, you know sneaking and hiding into their into their brothers and sisters room curling up in a ball hoping that these entities don't approach them and then they're afraid to tell their parents what happened so do they assimilate some of their things yes other things they're just afraid to tell their parents that they're experiencing what do you fear that they will get mad That's a good point Ollie and if I could just chime in here Richard yes um what you might be referring to is is a quality of deniability that children might have they might they may be tricked or, or for, for some psychological uh, um, uh, defense mechanism may may be in denial about what's really going on and see this as a playful event. And that's a very, as I said before, a very important thing because underneath that is the realities that these, these abductees, uh, uh, children or adults, are treated very much the same way in a very methodical, clinical, um, impersonal kind of a way, regardless of, of what of what the children may believe is happening to them.
0: Children often will communicate, if they don't want to talk about something, they'll often draw pictures. Um, have you seen illustrations or pictures drawn by these children uh, of of an alleged abduction or...
2: Oh, yes, that's quite a number. Mm-hmm. In fact, Jed could probably talk to this as well as I can. You know, uh, there's, uh, we encourage play therapy or art therapy, abstract methods of communicating with children because children, uh, they need to act out their experiences because they can't always verbally uh, uh, verbalize what's occurred to them uh, with their limited vocabulary and experience. So, yes, we've had a number of, of uh, drawings, usually with crayons or uh, or pen and pencil, and they'll mm-hmm. draw what they see with their limited ability to draw. Judd, do you agree? Yes, I, I do agree. And, and what's interesting about uh, some of the drawings is not only is it a, is it a, a, a much better medium for children to communicate and, and relate what may be going on with them, but there are distinctions that really discern between the uh, what, what, what they see and what they claim to be this, this alien that comes in the night so to speak as, as compared to other, other things that they readily distinguish from uh, cartoon images uh, that they see on TV of, of ghosts or bears or uh, even even uh, skeleton heads, those kind of things they, they really can distinguish um, very clearly. That uh, what they mean when they are doing uh, drawing and creating things through artwork. So that's a, that's a very good way to kind of get at some of the some of the things that may be happening to them.
0: Can you describe some of the depictions you've seen in the children's artwork?
2: Uh, in my experience, they're very it, it, they're very similar to the ones in adult. Maybe a little, of course, cruder. Uh, they they tend to be. Centered around uh, beings that have a uh gray or white sort of uh, uh, skin, huge eyes. The eyes are, are always the the focal point of any abduction, child or adult. Um, they tend to be, again, you know, three to four feet high, um, and you can see that in the drawings. That comes through in the drawings because in the same in the same drawing they will. Draw one of these, one of these aliens in comparison to an adult. In, in compar- like for instance, in one case, there's a child that was co-abducted with their parents, and they, they saw their parents being taken too, and, along with them, and along with these, these gray aliens, and they could then draw comparisons of the, the, the height of their mother. And the height of the alien and the height of themselves in this in this uh, piece of art, you could readily see the the, the differences and the clearness of it. So, right. what you, you often, I'm sorry, sorry? I'm sorry, Jed, what you often see also are are very large, as you mentioned, very large eyes, and we see a lot of depictions of hands drawn clearly, hands with only four fingers as opposed to five fingers. Now, there'll be a picture yeah. of the child next to. Uh, this uh, monster that they've either imagined or they've experienced, and, you know, they'll clearly have five fingers and the monsters will have three or four. So uh, it's consistent with reports that we get as well from what adults see. And I think, yeah, I, I agree, Ali. The, the key word is consistency. We, we see the same thing over and over and over again. We don't see these alien uh, creatures beings um depicted with ray guns, like you'd out of a sci-fi movie. You see them with, what, four fingers, you know, and, and that will be over and over again with children and or adults, uh, that are unrelated to each other from different parts of the country, different parts of the world, uh, this consistency over and over again. It's very clear. But you'll also sometimes get some, uh, confusing images where, uh, I guess a child will try to interpret something he doesn't quite understand. I had uh, this one ch- uh, parent that told me that his that his child would constantly complain about why he, why he would be pricked with things that looked like spines on on the on the aliens hands, um, and they would they would push into his chest and cause him to bleed. And uh, no, that's not saying that what he actually saw is what occurred, but that may be a screen memory, for instance, or something that he's interpreted as happening.
0: How are these children affected? Uh, uh, I mean, how does this play out in terms of their their development? Uh, I don't know if you've done sort of not long-term studies, but have been able to track any of these children as they progress uh, into their adolescence and so forth. For example, do do alleged uh, abductees, children... Uh, do they tend to do uh, poorly in school, or are there any any sort of red flags?
2: That's that's a very very important question, Richard. Uh, ch- many children know that they've had strange experiences, and one of the first uh, first uh, uh, side effects of that is isolation. They know that their friends in the schoolyard have not had these kind of experiences. If they have been uh, in a sense, foolish enough to, to confide in some of their classmates, it's created ridicule and cruelty. And I have uh, one parent who had to change uh, her daughter from from a school because it got so bad. This kind of ridicule. Later in life, they, these feelings of isolation continue. They're afraid to tell anyone for fear of uh, you know losing their friends and, and even being ridiculed as an adult. When they get, you know, when they get older, they 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 wonder if they should ever have a boyfriend or girlfriend or any kind of relationship because eventually this is going to come up because it's been such a uh, such a traumatic part of their life. You know, they wonder if they should ever have children, get married, and have children because they're aware of the intergenerational phenomena of this of this um, uh, of this happening uh, to their parents and so and so they they they, they hesitate whether they want to have children who, again, they will not be able to prevent it from happening to them. And so it it has a very lasting effect that ripples through their entire lives.
0: I've talked to a number of alleged abductees over the years, and um, uh, either through uh, regression therapy or uh, other means, they were able to recall that as children, when they were uh, visited, uh they talked a lot of them talk about uh balls of light and something they called psychic toys uh has this ever come up in in your uh, investigations where 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 children would see these balls of light in their room and and uh i don't know whether they were they were being used to develop their psychic abilities or a way of uh the way a, uh, let's say a physical ball helps develop coordination and athletic abilities
2: I've come across them in many cases that uh, I've researched, uh, but there's no clear explanation why these balls are used. There's assumptions, and the ones you've made are, are indeed assumptions, but nothing to clearly delineate what those balls might be. But, yes, Richard, we have seen it. There is, and, and if I could add to that, there there is um, some consistent evidence that when these children are abducted, They've been put together in rooms with, if if you'll allow me, hybrid children or alien children. And toys are are sometimes played with and exchanged, and it's almost like there's this reciprocal kind of learning process and the kind of light balls and and, uh, levitating balls that you're referring to have been reported consistently in those kind of experiences when these, ch- these children from apparently two universes uh, have been brought together.
0: Do any of these children uh, display um, abilities uh, that might be attributed to the abduction experience, whether heightened psychic ability or uh, telekinesis or any of these sorts of things?
2: Te- uh, temporarily. Uh, and that's, that's true with adults too, but they, those, those kind of abilities tend to sort of fade out as a, uh, uh over a period of days or weeks, but, but, uh, there is, there is, uh, some, some evidence to that effect that they, that they have some kind of, um, they have some kind of opening or some kind of, some kind of, uh, um, uh, mental process that, that would be considered Extraordinary to to most of us. Can you say, Ollie? uh Well, actually, Jed, I think you and I are not on the same page with that. I, I have not. I, I've heard suggestions of that, but I've never seen any validation of those claims. But mm-hmm. I, I guess we have different research. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just been reported with uh, with some of the adults that I've worked with, and you know they've reported it. With your children, but it fades over a period of days, you know, a week, week or two at the most. And why that is,
0: uh, who knows? What do you say to these parents? I mean, uh, that uh, I mean, I can't imagine. It's one thing, you know, to worry about your child uh, getting home, getting to school, or getting home from school safely. Or you, you know, you fret, you turn around at, at the shopping mall, and you lose sight of your child just for an instant. And of course, your heart leaps into your throat. But how do you? How do you? comfort a parent uh, who is fearful that their child is being abducted on a nightly or a weekly or a monthly basis? What what could you possibly say to them?
2: That's what I do a lot of. I I speak quite a bit to uh, parents on those lines uh, who do contact our organization. Uh, One of the main things that I I tell them is uh, that never before in the history of our work have we ever come across a case where a child has been uh, been reported missing and not returned. Um, I mean, there's actual reports of experiences where parents say the child is missing from the home and returned at a later time or another day. So those are extremely scary cases because these people, these parents are beside themselves, you know, not able to protect their children. So trying to reassure them that they're not alone in reporting those experiences as well as letting them know that we've never before had a case of a missing child, those two things are about the, the best we can offer, unfortunately, other than allowing them uh, an ear to tell, to tell their concerns and perhaps put them in contact with other uh, uh, parents that claim the same things of their children. Yeah, this is, this is a very, very difficult point here because because where the a child may have been a part of a car accident or, or some other trauma event, um, the parent can, can pretty much reassure the child that, that that happened and it's in the past. It doesn't mean any time they're going to get in the car and go through that same intersection, it's going to happen again. But this phenomena has its own uniqueness in the fact that this can happen over and over and over again, as as abductees are consistently reported, so the parent has no guarantee that it isn't going to happen to the child again. And of course, they feel tremendous helplessness in the fact that they cannot prevent this and they cannot do anything about uh, the abductee uh, or the or, or children being abducted.
0: All right, um, Jed, stay uh, stay put. Oliver, you stay where you are. We'll come back and continue to discuss mm-hmm. the uh, abduction of children by aliens.
1: Do you want to know what it's like to hang
2: out with MS-13 in El Salvador? How the Russian Mafia fought battles all over Brooklyn in the 1990s?
0: Or well, what about that time I got lost in the Burmese jungle hunting the world's biggest meth lab? Or why the Japanese Yakuza have all those crazy dragon tattoos? I'm Sean Williams. And I'm Danny Gold,
1: And we're the hosts of the Underworld Podcast. We're journalists that have traveled all over reporting on dangerous people and places. And every week, we'll be bringing you a new story about organized crime from all
0: over the world. We know this stuff because we've been there. We've seen it. And we've got the near misses and embarrassing tales to go with it we'll mix in reporting with our own experiences in the field and we'll throw in some bad jokes while we're at it
2: the underworld podcast explores the criminal underworlds that affect all of
0: our lives whether we know it or not available wherever you get your podcasts Reduce stress and enhance your immune system. ESS60 from C60 Evo. C60 is the carbon 60 molecule known to deliver more than 172 times the power of vitamin C, 172 times. ESS60 is the purest form of C60, a known antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory remedy that works. ESS60 neutralizes free radicals from cell metabolization and external toxins to help minimize inflammation and maximize detoxification. Further, people report better sleep, more energy, and renewed mental clarity when they take our ESS-60 organic oil. To order your miracle molecule ESS-60, click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes for this podcast, or go to c60evo.com richard e60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Buy now and save 10% by using the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Again, use the coupon code EVRS at checkout.
1: As you're staring up at the night sky, ever wonder who's staring back? No, me either. But I guess you better say it because of Richard, you know, he's all wrapped up in this stuff. <laughs> Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
0: All right. Welcome back. We are speaking with uh, Oliver Von Kamensky and Jed Turnbull about uh, the alien abduction of children. Uh, pretty difficult to to contemplate uh, the horror uh, what it must be like not only for the children, of course, to, to, uh, t- to be going through this, but, uh, imagine being a parent and not being able to protect your child from this. Um, now, Oliver, Jed, a lot of people probably listening tonight saying this is pretty hard to swallow, pretty hard to believe. I mean, what sort of protocols do you put in place, uh, in order to determine that there's no other explanation for what's going on here. For example, how do we know these, ch- these children aren't psychologically disturbed or are, aren't having some sort of a, a night terror or aren't suffering from sleep paralysis?
2: Well, our assumption is that it is something other than abduction. That's the last scenario that we select. Um, if everything else cancels out, that's when we look to the abduction phenomenon as a possibility. Um, I have a letter here from a woman from Alabama. You know, she was so upset. You know, with the experiences of her daughters. You know, she explains that she's moved from Michigan to Tennessee and now to Alabama, and whatever it is that was bothering her and her children. It, too many things have happened over the years that she can't explain, and she herself claims that she's a logical, intelligent, skeptical person, but at her wit's end. And hearing the same exact stories from her children, which she had experienced as as a young as a young woman uh, when she was earlier in her age, in her in her childhood and into her adulthood, those things are very compelling when they match up with other stories that sound exactly alike.
0: can you share um, maybe some of the details from that story obviously without revealing names and so forth but what 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 ha- what's happening with this family from Alabama how many children were in- involved
2: well this particular woman who had contacted me had two daughters and uh, uh, her one eldest daughter had been bothered uh, her entire life and had several have were several experiences which she thought were ghost related and um, But she would be very afraid to talk about it. And uh she was afraid that if she would tell anybody, that people would think that she was crazy, that she was nuts in her own words. And uh the agony of the fear and the pain that the mother saw her daughter going through, especially at bedtime, uh she remembers it several different occasions where at first they thought it was nightmares, but the daughter knows the difference between nightmares and what's not especially now that she's older and her you know she would she would uh, come running out of the bedroom extremely upset and terrified now does that make it uh does that make it anything but a nightmare does it make it anything could it, could there be other explanations yes but repeatedly if this happens again and again uh, she's slowly trying to start talk to her daughter, and she's starting to see that things are coming out that are very similar to what we've seen as repeated patterns in the UFO abduction scenario. So, no, we don't know yeah. if it's you know if it's that or if it's something else. I think Ali, you make a really really good point that the last stop is 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 to. Determine that this is a, an alien abduction phenomenon. It could be any array of things, but there are there are things we can do to use as a process of elimination. Richard,
0: let's say you're a parent and you're you're concerned about your child because maybe they're talking about an imaginary friend, or maybe you know it's not an imaginary friend. It's just there's some mummy. There's something at the foot of the bed every night, or I'm saying these I'm seeing these strange lights, or what have you. What should a parent ask their children. How should a parent uh, approach this with their child? You you don't just ignore it.
2: No, you don't ignore it, Richard. In in my experience, uh, the most important thing for a parent to do is is not really ask anything but to listen. And uh, listen very carefully. Obviously, most parents are, in a sense, behind the learning curve of this phenomenon. That's, That's an important aspect of this. They may they may be listening, just all all well and good, but at the same time, they don't really know uh, what their child may be um, reporting. But nonetheless, um, if the parent listens and 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 has uh, some kind of experience with this already, and starts to make associations that the, ch- the same thing may be happening to their own children. Um, it's, it's important to discern by, by looking for corroborating evidence or, you know, looking for consistency with what their experiences have been and, uh, looking for, uh, an absence of other kind of psychiatric explanation or diagnosis that may account for this. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that's pretty consistent, uh, with, uh, children as well as adults is, is, uh, the absence of any other psychological or, uh, again, emotional uh, explanation for what might be happening. Physical changes and marks that affect the body's on experiencers, uh, uh, children as well as adults. You know, there are uh, sometimes, as Ollie pointed out, nosebleeds, cuts, boot marks, bruises, um, patterns of skin lesions that, that are consistent and happen. uh and appear on bodies of more than one abductee at the same time, and so, so that's another thing uh, another pattern to kind of look for uh there seems to be an association uh, uh with the abductee phenomena with with um UFO reports sightings that may come up in the newspaper that same night that all of a sudden a child went missing and was returned, but the parents didn't know what happened um and I think just in and of itself, the very fact that, that children as young as two or three years of age are reporting these things with amazing consistency, um, lends itself to, to some credibility in and of itself, especially when you, when again, you know, there's, there seems to be distinctions that, that these weren't just bad dreams or, or in a sense, the boogeyman in the closet, that kind of thing, because the, the child may come back with, a you know, grass stains between their toes, and they, you know the their descriptions are more vivid than they would be in a, in a normal bad dream that kind of thing. So, so there, these are a few of the things that that parents can look for and and uh, try to use to discern, as we do, um, you know, the, the real truth and the real uh, ability to narrow down what may be happening to their own children.
0: This may so sound like a, a naive uh, a question. Um and I, and I, I, a certain part of me wishes that I remain naive forever, <laughs> uh, but is there anything a parent could do, uh, in terms of a child's sleeping arrangement that might, that has proven effective in perhaps thwarting an abduction? For example, w- uh, if, a ch- if a parent were to sit vigil, uh, with a child at night, I mean, could that prevent an abduction? Has that ever been tried, sitting vigil?
2: We know that our parents have done that, but at times the parents have either been switched off, so to speak, or have fallen asleep, or have also been taken along based upon their renditions of what may have happened. Um, I guess you had asked a question earlier, um, what's the best way to communicate with your child if your child comes forth with, with these types of allegations of experiences? And I think Bud Hopkins wrote a very interesting piece upon on this back in the 90s. And uh, up at the top of the list was that you shouldn't argue against your child's perception of what he or she thinks is real. Judd was absolutely right, that you must listen to what they have to say and use language that's similar to the child's when discussing a subject and ask questions. For instance, if your child is, you know, three or four years old, let them... Describe what happened to you by asking them. Can you draw a picture? And uh, what happens if uh, there's a lot of good, well-intentioned parents who who will automatically say, "Oh, it was just a dream. Go back to bed." Or on the other on the other hand of the coin, rather than invalidating what the child says, they might say, they might ask too many questions, underlining what has occurred to them. And, and both approaches are, are wrong because. Uh, the approach of ignoring the child's, uh, uh, secret traumas or what may have happened to them winds up causing the child to, uh, lack, uh, become distrustful of the parent and they can't tell anybody. They can't tell their, not even their parents. They can't tell their sisters. They can't tell their brothers. And then on the other side of the coin, if you ask too many questions, Then you are reinforcing the incident and the trauma to them, and making it a very large part of their life, which you want to try to minimize. It's very, very true uh, that you are walking a line here as a parent, and obviously you want what's best for your child. The intentions are always very good and and very high of high concern from the parents, Um, but I think Ollie will agree. Too that that in our experience with our amount of research over this phenomena for decades now that there's nothing to answer your question Richard there's nothing a parent or anyone else can do to prevent this from happening if indeed the intent is of these alien beings to take either adult or children or both there's nothing not that we're aware of at
0: least that That, we're aware of that's. Pretty grave news, really. I mean, yeah. if, if you're staring this situation yes. in the face, there's nothing you can do to protect your child uh, from this.
2: No, no, not in our, not in all of our experience. There's never been anything, any successful way of preventing this from from happening um, when the alien's intention is to really um, take you for their for their purposes. And it, Richard, unfortunately, we'll use the word alien very loosely because mm-hmm. we don't really know exactly what the phenomenon is that's causing this, but for lack of a better term, we'll say alien, okay? Yes, very good point. Thanks, Alan.
0: Right, right. Yeah. But if you, but if you, as a parent, as far as you know, were not um, abducted or are not a, a victim of a, a alien abduction, would you say that you could say with any certainty then that that your child likely will not be?
2: Well that's we found that we reverse it like to be it. intergenerational. We found that there's less of a chance uh, if the parents haven't reported that. but there's also times when, when people are not cognizant of their experiences, where people may go through an entire lifetime and only towards the end of their lifetime remember experiences. But, as we said earlier, it is an intergenerational um, phenomenon. It seems to be more concentrated amongst families. If, uh, if you've had experiences, your parents probably have, your grandparents probably have, and your children probably will.
0: Do any children report a positive experience?
2: I think, uh, you know, if I could speak to that, Richard, they, they tend to report positive experiences and in the sense of their ability to cope, it's a coping mechanism. In fact, they can be, they can uh, relate that these, uh, uh, that an abductee, I'm sorry, an abduction experience uh, was uh, met with a very playful character and they, they can have a playful name for this person as if it's, uh, or this being as if it was, uh, you know, an imaginary friend. But there are distinctions between that and so, so, I tend to see those as coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms for the child uh, to you know to survive really as all defense mechanisms are.
0: Is regression uh, um, recommended for children, or is that something that I mean, if they have no memory of it, is it best sort of left in the recesses of their minds?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I would never take a child into a deeper state of hypnosis uh, just to, just to find out what, to destroy any defenses that they may have in their ability to cope. Children don't, don't have the ability once they gain the, that kind of insight and information to deal with that reality. In fact, just in, in mundane circumstances of everyday life, children, children will, will uh, turn themselves into pretzels, finding ways to blame themselves for difficulties that are going on within their own household. And you add, you layer, you layer an abduction phenomenon on top of that, and the child will be ridden with guilt and shame and, and feel like they're just wreaking havoc on the household. Abs- qu-
0: absolutely not. Final quick question: be- If you're a parent and you fear that your child is being abducted, are there support groups? Are there I mean, where do, where do they go?
2: There were support groups through the Shaw Nation. There are support groups through us as well. We try to put people in touch that have had similar experiences. So based upon your geographic area, now with the internet, things are a little bit easier of getting contact with people. But there's nothing like face-to-face contact, you know, which you can possibly do through Skype.
0: Oliver and Jed, thank you so much for this uh, New York Strange Phenomena investigators. I appreciate your time tonight.
1: Well, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. This.